Running a business is hard, but your email marketing doesn't have to be. With AWeber's easy-to-use email marketing platform, you can stay connected with your audience, write new content faster, sell more, and grow your business, all without having to become an expert in yet another business tool. Start today at aweber.com slash podcast. That's A-W-E-B-E-R dot com slash podcast. AWeber, simpler email marketing. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So Money Episode 1609, 2023 Year in Review, Our Financial Future, and Adapting to Change. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi, and Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. If you're tuning in, thank you. I know the holidays are a busy time. Our Look Back series continues, and today I've put together a recap of some of the best interviews this year that centered around the concept of change, whether that's preparing for climate change, navigating the influence of AI in the job market, and rethinking the ways that we're preparing young adults for the real world. Some of my favorite episodes this year focused on how the world's evolving and changing, because part of what makes us so money is the ability to forecast and adapt. And some of these changes are already afoot. Climate change, for example. Guest Molly Wood joined our show this summer. She is the founder and chief storyteller at Mollywood Media, which is an advisory firm for the climate economy. In our conversation, Molly shared her insights from the climate action world. This excerpt is where she talks about an exciting innovation in the climate space that kind of shocked me. You have a unique perch where like point of view where you're at the forefront of a lot of um, invention and innovation in this space. As you're now wearing your venture capitalist hat, you get to see a lot of the new ideas for using capitalism to drive home solutions. What do you see as uh, the next wave of solutions and where do you think there's opportunity still to innovate? I am, uh, I will just tell you, I'm obsessed with mushrooms (laughs) as a pretty wild climate solution. It turns out that you can use, so this is just like a category that I think is really interesting, but it fits within this larger concept, which is the people call waste to value. There's a lot of stuff that we throw away that it turns out can be transformed into something else. So that's, you know, it's, it's recycling, but it's Mm -hmm. recycling kind of taken up a notch. And it turns out that mushrooms in, in use in something called a bioreactor have this magical ability to transform a lot of stuff into other stuff. They can break down toxic waste. They can eat the, like I talked to a company that takes construction waste. They use basically a fungus reaction, mushrooms, 
to break down and consume the toxins in those materials and then create new building materials that are less toxic and are fully reused. People are using um, mushrooms to make leather. Mycelium is the like kind of is the sort of like white web that mushrooms use to communicate. Mushrooms, by the way, freaking fascinating. Don't like them as a food at all, but as a as a transformational tool. And maybe they weren't meant network. to be food. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Sounds maybe like they were meant to be out. a widget. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So people are making fabric out of mycelium, mushroom leather. Um, I, there's one company I know of that's using food waste and using a uh, mushroom process to turn it into like a gluten-free, super healthy flour hmm. for a, a, a baking alternative. So I just think that things like that are fascinating. And I just find the mushroom thing really interesting. And that grows We're, naturally too. So you're not, you're not inventing something for the purposes of inventing something else, you know? Right. Exactly. Like using, so I love everything about that waste, using waste that already exists, using a completely renewable resource, mushrooms, to turn mm-hmm. that into something that is equally good or better in a lot of cases is that I think is the great unlock. When we can figure out how to do that in most categories, mm-hmm. we will have made some really massive change. And then also we just got to put renewable energy everywhere. Like it's, you know, in some ways we have the magic bullet. It's solar. It's in the sky. I think I ask everybody this when I'm talking about climate change, those who are in it and experts and have uh, a unique perspective is that, are you optimistic? Because I'll tell you, you know, listening to like NPR in the morning and my morning drives and, and, you know, if there's like a climate summit, there's inevitably somebody who they interview that's like the world is ending (laughs) and um, that is a fact. And, you know, the train is left. Whatever we do at this point in, in in the name of protecting the environment, it's too little little too late. And I'm just like, should I just run my car into a brick wall now? Like, I don't, you know, so, and, and please like be honest because I think that I don't, what I don't expect you to say either is like, no, it's all going to be fine. You know, because it's mm-hmm. like, I think you've already expressed that to an extent, like it's going to be a hard middle until yep. we get to the other side. But when you look at, when you like, look at your crystal ball and how long is it going to take? Is it 50 years? Is it a century until we get to that point? point where we have made a lot of stride. We have shielded ourselves from the heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Possibly literally shielded ourselves from the heat. Yeah. I, um, I hate those stories. Those are exact, again, that's the opposite of what I ever want to do on the podcast is just say, here's why we're doomed, you know, and, and, or here's this huge insurmountable problem. I will always, I'm a, again, very pragmatic person. And I always want to be honest with people and say, we're going to go through some stuff. There is some stuff that is going to be possibly pretty bad that is really baked in. But if there is a thing that humans are good at, it's survival. We're phenomenal mm-hmm. about at that. We have innovated our way out of every, you know, extinction level threat we've ever encountered, whether it was fire, agriculture, the industrial revolution, and now reversing the damage of the industrial revolution. I am lucky enough to talk to founders and entrepreneurs and inventors every day who are unbelievable. It's actually the most hopeful job in the world, the stuff that people are imagining and building and actually making a reality. And, you know, we talk about how, like, let's just take one example, which is nuclear fusion. So nuclear fission is the energy that we're familiar with now, right? When we think about nuclear energy and bombs. 
Um, one, more nuclear energy does have to be part of the clean energy mix. But there's also this concept of fusion energy, which is the what that's what the sun does. The sun is a giant fusion reactor. And people have been working for decades, decades to try to figure out fusion. And all of a sudden, we're getting closer. Like pretty legitimately close. Like there's at least one company that's building a power plant stage pilot or sized pilot. So they're they're building a mini power plant to test this fusion energy, which is effectively unlimited energy. And it doesn't, it produces radioactive waste. I don't even know if it's radioactive, but it, it produces waste, uh, toxic waste that lasts 10 years instead of forever. And you could imagine a scenario where instead of growing up in a like sci-fi dystopia nightmare, our kids actually grow up in an energy utopia. Imagine what problem you could solve with effectively unlimited energy. Like you want to desalinate huge chunks of the ocean to make drinkable water in places where it doesn't rain anymore, but you have unlimited energy, no problem. Like energy is the barrier to preventing us from doing that. And so I am tremendously hopeful that we, you know, and then you take like quantum computing, which is like, oh, okay. So quantum computing can just figure out how to invent new materials, new processes, new kinds of photosynthesis. Like I know this VC firm that talks about literally new processes of photosynthesis. These are the conversations and the real inventions that are happening. So I'm super hopeful. I am yeah. super optimistic. And I'm also very realistic about like, we're going to, it's going to, it could be pretty tough in some places. Yeah. No question. That was our friend Molly Wood from episode 1529. Molly's also the host of the podcast, Everybody in the Pool. She's a longtime journalist, and I really appreciated the optimism she brings to climate change, which is a topic that can feel very heavy and difficult. Speaking of difficult, how about landing a job when you're being sized up by artificial intelligence? CNET's Laura Davis stopped by So Money to share her research on how employers are leveraging AI to support the hiring process. She broke down a software program, which is being widely used, the Applicant Tracking System, or ATS. Almost every Fortune 500 company is filtering candidates through this software. And in this excerpt, Laura explains the technology and offers us some new rules of this brave new world to help us job seekers get a leg up. Ever had buyer's remorse after purchasing a piece of furniture online? Listen, I've made all the mistakes in the past with ordering incorrectly sized pieces, items that had poor quality, bad fabrics. I've suffered through intolerable customer service. Fortunately, now I've discovered Cozy, a North American company that offers thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. And let me tell you, it's an exceptional experience. Delivery is fast and free and assembly is a breeze. The furniture is elegant. It's customizable. You even have the ability to add modules to Cozy's sofas over time so the furniture grows with you. And my favorite quality, of course, is that the price points are affordable. Cozy eliminates the middleman and offers tremendous value through its direct-to-consumer business model. Transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, that's spelled C-O-Z-E-Y.com, to start customizing your furniture. 
Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, also known as problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since maybe high school. Get something you know wear and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with the code podcast15. What's the first thing you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? My husband said to me the other day, just take the afternoon off. And friends, while that sounds great, I just didn't know what to do with myself. Should I go for a run, take a nap? It's funny, right? Because I spend my life wishing I had more time, but the question has now become time for what? I realized I need to spend some time thinking about what is actually important to me. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. We talk about the importance of mental health all the time on this show, how it's important for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash so money today to get 10% off your first month. Month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash so money. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And about 85% of the U.S. uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free, installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others in the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered shower head purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. And while you're there, use the code SOMONEY at checkout to save an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. You talk about how almost every Fortune 500 company at this point is using ATS, Applicant Tracking System, a computer software program, best for large volume hiring. It kind of, for the employer, I guess it helps them parse through a lot of the applications. How does it actually work? And what is an ATS looking for? Yeah, so the uh, ATS is used to kind of speed up and streamline and automate the hiring process. So it's scanning these resumes for certain keywords that meet the job description and then parsing the content into categories. So you can like think of it as a gatekeeper 
um, it will essentially move your application onto the recruiter or it will weed you out and then you won't get seen at all. Um, and then there's a lot of other functions that the ATS does, like storing candidates information and other hiring data and then tracking candidates through the hiring process. So it's helping the HR team keep an electronic record of who they've contacted and what stage of the process they're in. Um, in terms of what the ATS is looking for, your resume has to have a certain match of keywords with the job description, like in the skills and experience areas. And it has to be readable and comprehensible to the software. And so that's really the only way that your resume will get to the desk or email of a recruiter. Jumping ahead a little bit, because I wanted to ask you about the best ways to sort of speak to the AI so that it kind of quote unquote, likes your application or feels like it's a good match. And I was watching you talk on, I think it was CBS about, you know, the days of glamming up your resume using fancy fonts or big words, like $10 words, like not so much the best way to speak to AI. Like they're looking for just, they're looking to match, right? The keywords and probably simplicity is best. So maybe a quick tip on just even how to like format your resume so that you can get through that first level and not, you know, inadvertently go to the no yourself. pile. <laughs> yeah. Like eject yourself from the job process, hiring process. Yeah. I mean, essentially it is about having kind of this like baseline understanding of the tools that are being used and then having some of those tips that you mentioned. So just like getting your foot in the door. The, the ATS is going to reject the majority of resumes out there. So, um, you know, if you're able to make it past that first robot screening, you, you might be in the, the top 25% of applicants, and then you can actually be seen by a human. Um, so I have a disclaimer here. Of course, I'm not a career coach or a recruiter. <laughs> I got um, tips from some great people with experience in the field. Um, a career coach named Lauren Milligan from Resume Day helped me break a lot of this stuff down. And the staff at um, a scanner, a online job scanner called Job Scan, and then a lot of other people in HR. And there was a lot of continuity um, in terms of the advice that they gave. So the first tip, like you said, simplicity, keep it simple. Um, you want to use AI powered platform like uh, like an advanced resume scanner, like job scan to see if you have the right length and the font and the formatting. And they'll, they'll tell you if it can even be read by a resume robot. So instead of those charts or graphics, you know, that make it look really nice and fancy that actually blocks the software. So your data won't be extracted and your resume won't be read. So the, the key tip there is like, don't be creative, no images, boxes, tables, or weird fonts. You just need something that's ATS friendly. Um, and then the second tip that everyone uh, offered was to tailor your resume for each job. So all of us have like a standard resume, but you, and a lot of times we just send that off in mass, but you actually have to make it unique for the particular role. Um, and you can use an AI powered um, keyword simulator to make sure that you have at least a 70% keyword match between your resume and the exact job description. Um, and so what that keyword simulator is basically doing is like imitating an ATS. If you don't have a high percentage with a solid match, you won't make the cut. Um, and so that means paying attention to like different titles for job positions you've held. And you basically have to tweak your resume and cover letter depending on the requirements and qualifications for the role. Um, and then the last thing is that um, people recommended was to use AI to your advantage, but, you know, to obviously be you. So 
um, when you're working on a cover letter, you can use generative AI programs like, you know, chat GPT to write your cover letter, include those keywords in there, but you also want to have specifics that only, you know, so you want specifics like metrics and measurements of your accomplishments, you know, growth and prod projects and revenue or whatever else. Um, and so that way, when the recruiter reads it, you'll stand out, you'll have a specific story, you'll point them in certain directions and you're like highlighting, you know, these skills that are exclusive to you. Um, and that's where like your human agency will stand out. You know, you'll show your dynamic and versatile and, and independent in that way. You also wrote about, you have an article on CNET now about how AI powered hiring software is this black box, but then you go into some of these pieces of advice from the experts you talked about. And one of the pieces of advice was on timing. And is it true that when you apply and the timing of your application can make a difference to these ATS machines? Um, and how does that how does that work? Like how set up for failure? <laughs> I mean, yeah, is we're set a timer for when, you know, and what does that timer look like? Yeah. Job seekers are the underdogs. I mean, that's the reality. Um, I think timing makes a difference because we don't actually know when HR stops hiring for a job. So, you know, jobs can be posted for a really, really long time. Um, and the hiring manager may have already in the first week gone through and selected the top few candidates for the initial round of screening. So if you apply the second week, you might be fully qualified and just be too late. So it's just a general rule of thumb I, that job seekers should submit their application within the first few days the job is posted because, mm. you know, speed matters. That was Laura Michelle Davis, editor at CNET, episode 1567, Speed Matters. But you know when speed can be problematic, when we rush kids to college without equipping them with any sense of how to actually survive and take care of themselves in the real world. And that is something that needs to change, sticking with our theme today. And according to my guest, Anna Homayun, author of the new book, Erasing the Finish Line, the new blueprint for student success beyond grades and college admission. Parents, teachers, caregivers, society needs to rethink the essential skills that students need so that they can move beyond a prescribed path of just trying to get into college with good grades and really thrive in school and life. Here's Anna. I've been doing this work with middle school, high school, and college students for the last 20 years and really recently started working with companies on early career development because what we were seeing was that this college acceptance is looked on as this finish line. And what it's doing is it's undermining the development of habits, routines, and skills that students need, not just for college, but for the workforce and for their daily living in general. And so my whole focus on erasing the finish line is helping parents and caregivers and students and educators think that we need to look beyond this one moment of time mm -hmm. and really focus on these fundamental skills. And there's four pillars that I talk about in the book around systems, connection, perspective, and acceptance, and really mm -hmm. make that the forefront of helping each student build their own blueprint. What are you seeing? What are you seeing as far as students arriving, let's say, in college and not being equipped? And then what are the things that they're, what are the elements that they, you wish they had before, whether they go to college or, or anywhere else that, for that matter, but what, what are the ingredients or like the life skills that you think are being um, ignored well, I think it's what it's really important for parents to understand 
is that feeling organized decreases stress. And at a time where we're really focused on students' mental health and well-being, we've overlooked that these key skills around organizing, planning, prioritizing, starting and completing tasks, and being adaptable thinkers are almost looked at as secondary. So just last week, I had a mother call my office because her child had done really well academically in school and was now at this really prestigious university and really floundering, not just academically, but overall, because they couldn't get up in the morning. They weren't making it to class. They didn't know how to do their laundry. They weren't able to manage their meals. All the day-to-day life management skills that when I asked her, I said to her, how much of this were you doing for your child when they were at home? And her response, she was really honest. She said, you know, I really just made sure that my child only focused on academics. Mm-hmm. And so I did most of these things or I had a hand in it. Like they would get their kid up and they would drive them to school and they would manage their activities and call the doctor. And like, so we underestimate how this daily living impacts how students show up. And then in the workforce too, right? Mm-hmm. Like a sense of deadlines and urgency and getting things done. So it really is pervasive. Um mm-hmm having parents understand these underlying skills. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I empathize with that parent. I get where there could have been more um, emphasis on the child, it, you know, taking on those executive functioning and organization skills themselves. But college, as we know, is so hard to get into. So hard, way harder than we were applying, you know, 20 years ago. And so this logic that parents use of, well, you got to, it's like, if we have, if I have to choose where are my kids going to divide their time? I mean, it's going to be with the academics if the goal is to get into not just even an Ivy League, but like literally any college now, you need to speak like all the languages and have all the extracurriculars and have all the great grades. And so maybe this gets us into your pillars um, in terms of how households can balance this this act because I, I don't think what you're saying is don't worry about academics. It's that we need to pay as much attention and, and enforce as much these other important life skills that does lead to things like mental wellness, which is at the end of the day what we're hoping for at the end of the day. Right. And we want to think about it this way, right? So doing an audit of the skills and the things that you take care of for your child that they're going to need to take care of once they go to the workforce, they go to college, they move out of your home. And look at all the things that you're doing that they're going to have to do for themselves. And then what I would recommend, even when they're in middle school and high school, have them pick one of those things to start to take control of. And the number one thing I found was actually just waking up and getting up in the morning without any parental interference, right? That was the major issue. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a blame. What I want to make sure that families know is that I am not coming from a blame, shame, Um, or anything like that. This is hard. And we are coming out of a few years where all of the rules kind of went away overnight. And we had students that developmentally, they missed certain key experiences or they're out of practice. So this is all about how do we erase the finish line so that 18 or college acceptance or college admissions isn't this finish line of adolescent development? Because we know as adults, right, all of us can say when the things that we knew at 18 and we've learned since, right, if somebody considered us a finished product at 18, that would be a problem. And yet the message that we send today to parents, to students, is that they're supposed to be 
further along than they are. And no matter where they are, they're supposed to be further along. And that there's this finish line around college admissions. And that's our show. On Wednesday, we're exploring the theme of comedy and looking at money through the eyes of some of the funniest people who joined me on So Money this year. Until then, happy holidays. And I hope your day is so money. Running a business is hard, but your email marketing doesn't have to be. With AWeber's easy-to-use email marketing platform, you can stay connected with your audience, write new content faster, sell more, and grow your business, all without having to become an expert in yet another business tool. Start today at aweber.com slash podcast. That's A-W-E-B-E-R dot com slash podcast. AWeber, simpler email marketing.